We get it one month a year, and it's the best month of the year. It is March. The madness is upon us. The bracket begins tomorrow, although some will say it began yesterday with the first four, but that doesn't really count in my mind. Uh, but with PJ Glasser and with Ryan Warmly, who is our uh, designated bracketologist for this, uh, <laughs> we present to you episode 73 of the Glass of Joe podcast. I didn't say my name was Joe Malfa, so my name is Joe Malfa, but the, pe- the people know by now. Um, we're going to run through the bracket. That's it. There's been NFL news, plenty of it. There's been MLB news, plenty of it. We could save that for next week. Worm, if you're free next week, we, you, <laughs> we can have you back. You could be our first ever back-to-back guest, and we could cover that all next week. But this week is dedicated to the madness in and of itself. But welcome in. We're glad to have you. I know you were disappointed that we're not doing Swift 7 or trivia this time around either. It doesn't feel like a real guesting spot. It just doesn't. You're not a guest. You're a co-host for this. <laughs> you could be, exactly. if, you, if you're free next week, you'll be our guest next week. We'll talk MLB. We'll talk NFL. We'll get that all out of the way. And we'll give you a trivia question and we'll give you a swift seven next week. So, so let, let me just say before we jump into it very quickly, I like that. I, the last episode I was officially a guest on was 55, AKA the Terrell Suggs episode. Now we're on episode 73, AKA the Marshall Yonda episode. So I really appreciate <laughs> that. We keep going with these iconic Ravens for all do, the episodes. You have, I'm who, on. Well, who, who's 74? Seriously, come back next week. We'll do all the MLB. Michael Orr, and, but, I mean, and, and I have a Michael Orr 74 Jersey. <laughs> well, you're going to have to wear pick it. it. <laughs> pick a day, pick a day next week. You have to wear that and we're good to go. Excellent. Um, also, Joe, March Madness did start yesterday because my wallet said it started yesterday and it took a beating. So I, I, March got, Madness I, had a, I started off on a high note. I had a W. I had a Texas Southern minus three and a half and I had Indiana minus four and a nice little parlay that paid out five to one. So uh, we, we started off nice. That's I know you good. guys started off with some L's. Yeah, yeah, I started off 0-2, unsurprisingly. I, I did. Uh, I had Texas Southern. I didn't bet the game, but then I had Wyoming. and Wyoming. Uh, I, I, I had the under horrible. in the Texas Southern game, stupidly. Why would you I know, bet had, an under? What, what am had, I thinking? You had texted us that you lost and the game wasn't over, and I was like, yeah. is this guy trying to reverse jinx? But I didn't know you had the under, so I guess yes. that's my answer. The, yes. the game was, it was done for you. Um, all right. Shall we begin with uh, with Gonzaga's reason and just, let's just get, get into through. it? Yeah, get to it. Uh, Gonzaga, Georgia State. Let's let's come back to Gonzaga. We'll we'll, we'll go more in depth on Gonzaga in a bit uh, when they actually might get tested, and it's not going to be in this one. Um, eight nine, Boise State, Memphis. I got Memphis. I like what uh, they've done this year. They beat Houston twice. Um, either way, they're a pig for slaughter. Who wins this game with Gonzaga in the next <laughs> round? Yeah, yeah. Or if you like an under, this is probably your game. Two good defensive teams. Boise's great team this season. They beat San Diego State twice. I like Boise in this game. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to trend towards Memphis because they're the sexy, flashy team with Penny and Duran. Um, but I like Boise to make it ugly. This game's going to be like 53 all with a minute 30 left coming down to the wire. And Boise's played in those kind of games all year, so I think they'll sweep one out. Yeah, I, I really like what I've seen out of Boise. In fact, I probably would have taken them in any other 8-9 game, but I just can't shake the fact that Memphis has looked like a different team since Bates mm-hmm. has been out. Like, they, they haven't looked just good. They've looked great. So, I, I as much as I would love to pick Boise, and again, I would have in pretty much any other toss-up matchup, I am going to take Memphis. All right. UConn, New Mexico State. Do we see a 12-5 here? I got UConn. I like Hurley's team. Um, I, I think they can make a Sweet 16 run this year. The Big East kind of cannibalizes itself every year, so they took some losses along the way. Um, but BPI, they're 17. Uh, they're a team that scores well and, and defends well all around. I don't, I don't see much of an issue here or in the next round. 
Yeah, I, I'm actually taking three 12 seeds in the bracket just as like a preview for the future. And this is one of them. Oh. I have no reason to not like UConn. I, they have a dominant big man in Sunogo, a guy I really wanted to go to Maryland, but who, who picked the Huskies. They have a senior backcourt. You know, I, I really like everything about all their pieces. I just have never watched them. It felt like they were great, even though they are really high in Ken Palm, which is uh, PJ. I was just about to say, they're, they're like number we'll talk about. They're number 18 in Ken Palm. This, this, is totally, like this is totally goes against everything I usually like about picking teams. It's purely an eye test. I just like, for whatever reason, I can't quite get there. And I do really like New Mexico State. So I, I figured, why not pull the trigger on the 12-5? Okay. Joe, I'm with you. I'm going with UConn. New Mexico State's conference, the whack this season, was actually really good. Uh, Abilene Christian is always a solid team. They beat Texas in the tournament last year. Seattle had a really good season. New Mexico State's got big guards. They can really defend. It seems like they're in the tournament almost every year, and I almost seem to pick them every year as an upset, so I'm, I'm done backing them. After that Auburn game when they should have won the year Auburn went to the Final Four and they blew it at the end, I'm, I'm off from some on UConn. All right. Uh, this is my one of my big upsets from this region. I've got Vermont over Arkansas. Haven't loved the way Arkansas has played down the stretch. I've gotten to see him a good bit. Uh, Vermont is probably one of my favorite mid-major teams this year. Uh, Ken Palm-wise, Worm, I will start throwing that out for you because I know you always like to, to oh, hear yeah. that number. They're 58. Um, they're one of the higher-ranked, like, lower-seeded teams at 58 in Ken Palm. Arkansas, among the higher seeds, they're 20th. Uh, AP poll-wise, there's only like a 15 spot difference between these teams. And that was when I saw Vermont on the 13 line, I know a lot goes into it as far as like winning the conference and at large and, and who kind of gets slotted where, but I, I thought they might've been an 11 or a 12 to see them on a 13. That's a bad draw for Arkansas. And it's an Arkansas team that barely squeaked by Colgate in the first game last year. Uh, so that's keep an eye on them again in the first round. Go ahead. Warren. We can just yeah, show you me. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say this is gonna be like I every time. A pattern. Uh, yeah, I, I Arkansas is one of the toughest teams for me. I could see, you know, before the bracket came out, we saw the matchups. I could have made a case for them to be a Final Four team, and I could have made a case for them to get upset in the first round. I am gonna take Arkansas to win this game. It's less because of the Razorbacks and more because of Vermont. Vermont historically, especially in the regular season, has long been one of my favorite mid-major teams as well, Joe. But I feel like, and maybe this is anecdotal, they they don't really show up in the tournament. They're always a trendy pick, and they don't usually actually win that first-round match of when they make the tournament. So I, I am going just sort of a historic play uh, with, with Arkansas not picking Vermont. You know, this game, before each matchup, I try and kind of like guess what the spread will be of every game in my head. And I thought this would be like Arkansas 9.5-10, and it's only 5. So that tells you the respect that Vegas has for Vermont. Um, I, I'm with you guys. I love Vermont. I just think it's a bad matchup for them because Arkansas is almost a bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic Vermont. Um, I am afraid Arkansas kind of peaked too early in the season. Yep. They really yep. got on a roll through the middle, and I think they're kind of fading a little bit. But I think they do have just enough um, to win this game. But it should be a great matchup. Ryan Davis, one of the best mid-major players in the country. This should be a shootout, so I'm excited. I, I will say I will definitely pick Vermont against the spread. I'm just picking Arkansas to advance. And maybe that means we should take Arkansas against the spread because you're yeah. not off to a great start. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, now, the other thing here, when I fill out my bracket and for, for bracket pool purposes, I don't spend too much time personally like wavering on a 10-point on ESPN's format. Either way, I have UConn personally. And I know it's different for you, Worm, because you have New Mexico State. Mm -hmm. I have UConn beating either Arkansas or Vermont. So 
either way, it's only a one round thing for me. So I didn't get yeah. caught up on it too much. Um, next round, I, P- PJ, I'm going to leave this one to you. I really don't know what to think of Bama. If they play Notre Dame, I'm totally on Bama. If they play Rutgers, I have to think about it. Um, either way, I had them losing to Texas Tech, but it's a really interesting first round. That matchup tonight is Rutgers-Notre Dame. I'm really not sure. If I'll tell you this. If it's Rutgers, I'm picking Rutgers, I think. If it's Notre Dame, I'm picking Bama. But either way, any of those three possible teams, Rutgers, Notre Dame, Bama, I have losing Texas Tech. I, I know that this is really where we want to defer to PJ. Uh, so even though I'm supposed to be going second, PJ, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> um, you know, Joe, it's funny. I've heard a lot of people have that same opinion. If Rutgers wins, people are going to take Rutgers. If Notre Dame wins, people will take Bama. I think Bama, you know, either way, whoever they play, it's going to be a struggle. Um, I've told you guys, I can see them with the draw that they've got going to the Elite Eight. I can see them losing in the round of 64. Um, I do think that they they win this game. It'll be close and it'll be ugly. Um, but I just, you guys know, I'm not high on the Big Ten. So I think if they play Rutgers, they'll win. And I don't think Notre Dame and the ACC is that good. So I think they'll win that game too. So I'm taking them. I, I yeah. don't like them beating Texas Tech. That's the one thing, like I – just because they're um, Bama, you know it's it's hot or cold. They're either going to kill you from three, or they're going to get killed because they're two of eighteen from three. And Texas Tech will dominate them inside. So if it's not working for them from three against Texas Tech, they're in big trouble. So that's why, again, just like the the Vermont Arkansas one, whichever of these three teams comes through, I have losing to Texas Tech. So I'm not getting too caught up on it. One thing you'll probably find as I'm discussing my bracket is I tend to defer a lot to preseason expectations. Um, I, I There's obviously a lot of noise that goes in through the season. And of course, like you do learn things throughout the season. I'm not saying I totally ignore, you know, the last three months of basketball. But I, when I see a really talented team that has flashed at points throughout the season, even if they've had some down spurts as well, I tend to still really like them going into the you know tournament. So I, I love out, you know, Bama. I think they're a really, obviously they're a really talented team. That's not going out on a limb. I think Rutgers is overrated. I don't think Notre Dame should have even been in the tournament. So th- this is an easy one for me. Bama, Texas tech is going to be a lot more difficult um, of a choice, but to me, Bama, I'm not even questioning it. I'm putting them through to the second round. Fair enough. Uh, Michigan state Davidson. One of the more intriguing seven tens for me, I've seen Michigan state a bunch this year playing Maryland a couple of times and just a couple of other games that, that happen to catch throughout the year against Illinois. They're just not inspiring. I mean, like I know it's Izzo in March and you don't necessarily want to pick against that, but the mistakes this team makes on the regular um, and just would, would you say they're an offensive team or a defensive team? I couldn't tell you. They don't really have an identity. I don't know what Michigan state is. Um, they're 39 and Ken Palm Davidson's 40. And this is a Davidson team that, all year long has, has turned some heads and been really solid. There's a lot of people who like picking Davidson here and also picking them over Duke. I'm not doing that. Um, I, I think Davidson gets through Michigan state and loses to Duke, but I really like Davidson in this matchup. Um, and, and PJ, what do you got for the spread on this one? If you got it in front of you, uh, Davidson's a one point favorite. Yeah. And that when that came out too, it kind of just confirmed my line of thinking where I, I still thought just based on the respect factor alone, Michigan State might be a three or four point favorite, but to be a dog against Davidson, um, I'm going with Davidson. Yeah, the Michigan State has only looked really good to me when they're shooting some ridiculous number from three that is not sustainable. Every other time I've watched them when they're not shooting like 70% from three, like the second half in that uh, regular season finale against Maryland, they just look like a different team. So I, I 
And I don't expect him to shoot that high a number from three, obviously, in any given game going into it. This game's in South Carolina, right? So it it's is. a lot closer for it Davidson. Yeah. I, I, I'm. This is the easiest seven ten for me. I am taking Davidson. The only reason I, I would have taken the Spartans is Izzo. There, to me, there's no other factor in their favor going into this game. And the A ten was actually really good this year. I, I think yeah. Davidson was really impressive in winning that league in the regular season. So I, I'm definitely taking them. I think you guys are right on it. Davidson's favored, which I think is telling you a lot. I really think they should be favored by like closer to three, but I think because it's Izzo, that's why it's around to pick them. Um, but they're a real team, and Michigan State struggles with teams that can spread you out and shoot the three. Look at the Big Ten tournament. They beat a team like Wisconsin who wants to play like they do, but then when they go with Purdue with shooters that can spread you out, that's when they struggle. I think Davidson's just a bad matchup for them. Bob McKillop's one of my favorite coaches. been doing it a long time. I, th- I liked him advancing. Um, Duke is going to beat Cal State Fullerton, even though Duke has a couple of 15-2 losses in their background. I don't think yes. this is an issue this year. Um, I've already kind of, as we've gone along, given you guys my round of 32 picks. Um, so my sweet 16 is, is Gonzaga, UConn, and Texas Tech, Duke. Um, is that the same four for you guys, or did you have anybody else sneaking through? No? Uh, yeah, I have. So I have Gonzaga, Arkansas. Um, okay. I do have Texas Tech. I actually do think, though, that Bama is, is a bad matchup for Tech. Like you said, it's all about if they're hitting their shots. But against elite defensive teams this season, when they played Baylor, when they played Houston, they've looked really good on offense, and Texas Tech struggles to score two at times. And then I like Davidson against Duke. Davidson, okay. to me, is a lot like Virginia Tech with – the problems that they can give Duke defensively, I think it's an awful matchup. All the pressure will be on Duke in that game. Um, and, and I think I think Davidson's going to win. I really do. I wouldn't be stunned. I would not be stunned. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang my hat on Bancaro kind of rising to the occasion. And that's fair. That yeah. That's PJ, it. I had Davidson advancing past Duke for the exact same reason. I literally wrote down in my notes, they play like Virginia Tech. Yeah. And Virginia Tech looked legitimately awesome against them in that yeah. ACC final um, so I am taking Davidson. Obviously, it wouldn't stun me if Duke is uber talented. They're a two seed. Of course, they could advance, but I'm taking Davidson. I also have Bama. Um, I agree with PJ that they are a bad matchup for Texas Tech. And again, I, I think Bama has played at their best against their best competition this season. So um, if they get past that first round, which I expect them to, when they play the big boys, you know, Texas Tech, really good team. They seem to have stepped up a lot this year in those spots. So I have Alabama, Davidson, and then I also have uh, Gonzaga, Arkansas. Okay. Well, so yeah, and I got Gonzaga in the final four. If you're asking me Gonzaga yeah. versus the field in this region, it's yeah, I, nobody's beat. Of course. Look, every year, spoiler alert, I mean, we'll fill out the rest of the bracket. Every year, what, the way I personally, my methodology is, I have a winner who I think is going to win the whole thing. I drag them from the first round mm-hmm. to champion, and then I fill out the rest. I don't like to let the matchups dictate me going off of who I think is going to win. The first thing I did, I clicked Gonzaga, I dragged them to champion, I filled out the rest of the bracket. So Gonzaga is my champion. I will spoil that right now. Um, but I have them over UConn, and then I have Texas Tech over Duke in my Sweet 16. Um, you mentioned that Davidson plays like Virginia Tech. Texas Tech can play like Virginia does, but here's the thing. They could actually score um, in a way that Virginia cannot. And I watched both Duke games against Virginia with that tough game, physical inside, Duke is going to struggle with that slower, more physical, tougher pace of Texas Tech. But again, Texas Tech can actually score in a way Virginia can't. Um, so I've got Texas Tech coming through and losing to Gonzaga. So Gonzaga is my final four team from here, and I've got them over Texas Tech. Yeah, I, I think you could make an interesting case in the Elite Eight for any of 
Bama, Texas Tech, Davidson, or Duke. Correct. But it doesn't matter because any of those four is going to get right. rolled by Gonzaga. I, I have Gonzaga over Bama. And and actually, I might have considered Bama over Gonzaga if they hadn't already beat them this year. I just don't see it's not going to happen twice. Right. So, I mean, I again, Gonzaga is going to the final four. The other regions we can have a little bit more fun with, but it, it's going to be Gonzaga out of this region. All right. I'll move it on then. Um, next region, we'll go down the list here. We'll start with Baylor beating Norfolk State. Yeah. Um, North Carolina, Marquette. This one could go either way. Again, I don't see either team personally beating Baylor. If neither of you have an 8-9 upsetting Baylor, I'll move on to St. Mary's, Indiana. Yeah, I'll just say I have Marquette, but we don't need to go. They're going to lose to Baylor. I've I've got UNC both losing to Baylor. Uh, Indiana, every year there is one team from the play-in who makes a Sweet 16. That is Indiana for me this year. Um, St. Mary's, they beat up on a bad conference. They did beat Gonzaga at home. Fair enough. But – the WCC just struggles immensely outside of Gonzaga in March. And even Gonzaga has struggled in March. So uh, I, I like the Indiana, the weather playing Trace Jackson Davis had 30 last night against Wyoming. I don't see them actually having any issues getting by St. Mary's. And I do go as far as having them beating UCLA who should not have trouble with Akron. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see UCLA get UCLA after last year, being that team who came through that yeah. playing game and made a run. I've got Baylor, Indiana in that Sweet 16 matchup. Yeah, I also have Indiana over St. Mary's. I would have had Wyoming over St. Mary's as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I penciled that matchup in, you know, even before last night's games to see who had won that. I liked Wyoming a lot. I had them plus four and a half against Indiana, which, as we have <laughs> mentioned, didn't didn't play out. But I, yeah. Indiana, I like a lot, too. They're, they're so strong defensively. I mean, you talk about a game that's that's going to be an under PJ, St. Mary's, Indiana. I don't know what that, that line's going to be, but it's going to be pretty low. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe even solo that I would consider going the re- reverse and take the over, but either way, I'm definitely going to take Indiana over them. I think the WCC was actually pretty good compared to normal this year, even though BYU was a little down. San Francisco um, was nice to see. Yeah, San Francisco was good, but having said all that, you know, Indiana played in one of the two best conferences in the sport. Um, they have an elite defense, so I'm definitely taking them, and then I'm also taking UCLA. Uh, I don't know, to me, it's a real toss up Indiana versus UCLA. I, I lean UCLA right now. Um, I could be convinced before the game's tip to go with Indiana. Either way, they're probably going to lose to Baylor, but um, I, I, I currently have UCLA over Indiana. I'm, I'm with you guys. Uh, everything you said, there's a team every year that kind of squeaks its way in. They get hot towards the end of the year, then they win a couple games. I was with Worm. I thought Wyoming would be the team, but now that it's Indiana, I'm just going to ride them. And I think it's a great matchup. St. Mary's plays the way they do. So it's going to be like the Wyoming game. It's going to be a first to 60 kind of deal. And that bodes well for Indiana. And I think that they'll squeak it out. And then I like UCLA against Akron. It's a shame in the MAC title game that Kent State had that video that surfaced and their four starters got suspended. So Akron got a lucky deal and ended up winning the uh, the MAC. But UCLA is the inferior team. So they're going to win that 413 game. Um, going on, Texas, Virginia Tech. I don't think I've seen a more almost unanimous pick against the six seed than. This one actually this year, I, Seth Greenberg was on, and he actually has all four 11 seeds going through. I don't have that. We've all been through this. We all have Bama winning that first game, um, but uh, Virginia Tech has seemed to be a unanimous pick over Texas, and I'm there for it. Like they're hot right now. I've seen nothing that I've liked from Texas all year long. Um, I, I could see Virginia Tech also upsetting Purdue, but I'm not picking against uh, Ivy this year. I think he could be that guy who has just a nuclear month of March and could lead this team 
um, to, to a pretty decent run. So I've got Virginia Tech winning, but then losing to Purdue in the next round. Yeah, I've got the same. It's almost so universal in favor of the Hokies that I, I almost want to go against the grain <laughs> and, and take Texas, but only for that reason. Beyond that, I, I just I just like Virginia Tech. They're also like my second favorite team behind Maryland. So there's like a little bit of a like, oh, kind of nostalgic. Like if, if one of my teams is in the tournament and since Maryland isn't, like I kind of want to pick them at least for the first game, but I also just do like them against Texas. So I definitely think they're going to win. Purdue, I know that they have struggled as the favorite in the tournament a couple of times in recent years. Um, I, I just think there's too much firepower there. I think they get past Yale with, with ease. Um, and I do have them over Virginia Tech as well. So I, I'm with you there, uh, Joe. I like Tech too uh, against Texas. Texas is just a team this season that I have no interest in backing. They go through the biggest scoring droughts more than any other team in the country. Um, the one thing I will say in Texas's favor, when Virginia Tech played Memphis earlier in the season, a team that really pressures the ball, they struggled a lot with that. Now that was two, three months ago. Um, and Tex Rowland, I kind of look at them as the Oregon State, a team that was on the outside looking in. They get hot during their conference tournament. They find themselves in the 11-12 line, and uh, I think they got a favorable matchup. I do like Purdue to beat Yale. I think Yale's maybe like the third best team in the Ivy League, so I think Purdue wins that game by 20-plus. Um, but then I do have Virginia Tech upsetting Purdue. I think wow. I, I, don't I thought like about it. Purdue. I thought um, about it. You know, Jaden Ivey, I love him. He's great, but he just hasn't been the same really the last two, three weeks of the season. Um, and, you know, Purdue's defense really is not good. It's kind of like Dukes. And Virginia Tech showed us against a bad defensive team, they could score a lot of points. So if they're hitting their threes, um, I like them to beat Purdue. Yeah, but so for me, I, I, you're right. Purdue's not a very good defensive team, but I don't think Virginia Tech's a very good defensive team either. Like I, I don't see them stopping all the firepower that Purdue has. That's going to be an awesome game if we get it. It's going to yeah. be one of the most fun matchups of the second round, I think. Um, but, but to me, I, I just think, and, and this sort of goes back. Same with UCLA. It sort of goes back to what I said about loving those preseason uber talented teams, those favorites. As long as I don't see enough to truly knock me off them, I, I'm really going to like those types of teams to go to the Sweet 16, and, and that's what I like for Purdue. Purdue. Uh, last little bit here for for this region: Murray State for San Francisco. Sneakily, in my opinion, my favorite matchup of the entire first round. Breaking. You get two mid majors in a seven ten. You've got two mid-majors who are like really highly rated in Ken Palm. You've got San Francisco at 21 and you've got Murray state at 27. Um, I am going Murray state, even though San Francisco is the lower seed is the higher rated team in Ken Palm. Um, Murray state, that one, two punch that they have with KJ Williams and Tevin Brown and two guys who have been there, done that. They were on that John Morant team a couple of years ago. They've been to the tournament. They know what it takes. Uh, that experience is key. They're 30 and two um, San Francisco. I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. And maybe this is also me kind of dream casting what I want in the next round. Cause Murray state Kentucky is a very juicy all Kentucky matchup, but uh, just that one, two punch from Murray state and their experience already in March, those freshmen, those sophomores who were on that team are still there when John Morant uh, pulled them through. Uh, they're still there. So uh, I like that to, to get through uh, San Francisco. And then obviously I have Kentucky over St. Peter's. This is actually my least favorite matchup of the first round for one reason only. And it's because I wanted to see these teams against a power six opponent. I didn't, I didn't like that. They put them together. I wanted San Francisco to get their chance against whoever I wanted Murray state to get their chance against whoever. I don't want to see them knock each other off because I think either of these teams could have been really fun Cinderella's. And now we're guaranteeing that one of them is not going to move on. On the other hand, you are guaranteeing that one of them will move on. 
Um, so I guess that's sort of the upside there. I'm taking San Francisco. I, as everybody who is probably listening to this knows, Maryland is looking for a new head coach. So I've been spending a lot of time looking at mid-major coaches this year, even though it seems like that's not the direction Maryland's going to go. It's where I would like them to go. And I think there's a really strong case to be made that Todd Golden is the best of those guys. I think if you're looking for the guy who could be the next Nate Oates, not necessarily in, in all aspects, style of play or anything like that, but the guy who takes a mid-major to a top 25 Ken Palm rating, uh, who uh, I think can be a really good recruiter. You know, he was on the staff under Bruce Pearl, who when he's at that power six level will take a leap. I think Todd Golden is that guy. Um, so I've just been really in on him all year. I've loved every San Francisco game I've watched of his, um, even against Gonzaga when they've lost, I've come away impressed. So I, I'm taking the Dons over Murray State. And, and then they, they are going to lose to Kentucky. Great coaching matchup. Um, Matt McMahon, too, from Murray State. Wouldn't hate if Maryland gave him a look. Yep. Joe, you said it. Murray's won 30 games this season, 20 in a row. They're just hot. It's tough not to back them right now. San Francisco's a fun team to watch, but I just feel like you can fall in love with their guards, especially with Shabazz and Bouye, um, that they this is the kind of game that Murray's going to find a way to win. But I'm excited to watch it. And like you guys, I have Kentucky beating Murray State. Uh, then going from there, um... I've got Baylor, Indiana, Purdue, Kentucky. Uh, I like Kentucky over Purdue. I just think the collection of experienced players they have from all the transfer portal, Shibway can dominate that game down low. And Purdue in some games relies on dominating the paint. They won't be able to do that in this game. And it's going to be a struggle for Ivy to drive the lane and get past Shibway. So it's going to neutralize him a bit too. Uh, I like Kentucky in that game. And Baylor, I don't love Baylor. Uh, I have them beating Indiana and then losing to Kentucky. I, I, I've wanted to have Baylor lose in every single round except for the 116. I just have not been inspired by them this year. And I feel like reigning champions don't always fare as well the next year because of what you've lost and like you're the targeted team. So it wouldn't stun me if, if, if they did trip in the 8-9 game or if they did trip to a hot Indiana team. Uh, but I just couldn't bring myself to making that pick. But I have them losing here to Kentucky. So I have uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky on this side of the bracket in the Final Four. I think I might be higher on Baylor than you, Joe. There have been stretches this year where I've really loved what I've seen, but I'm also high on Kentucky. I, I do have Kentucky beating Purdue. That one was a pretty easy decision for me to make. Baylor, Kentucky was actually really difficult. It's one of the most difficult decisions I, I faced in the entire bracket because um, I do like Baylor, but I'm taking Kentucky. Uh, and I think what it really came down to is sort of what you just said in that when a team's coming off a championship, it, it doesn't matter how much you talk about, oh, we're still hungry. We want to be a dynasty, whatever it's, it, it's not the same. And I, I really, I really like this Kentucky. If I didn't like this Kentucky team, I would have had no problem penciling Baylor in for, you know, a rematch with Gonzaga in the final four, but I, I'd like this Kentucky team too much. I'm going to take them over Baylor as much as I like both. Baylor, I think is one of the worst number one seeds I've seen in the last eight to 10 years, just because of how injured they are. They just, they have too many injuries to overcome. They lost Jonathan Chamachachua, LJ Cryer hasn't played in a couple months, probably not going to play in the tournament. It's just too much to overcome. I like UCLA to beat Baylor um, and go to the Elite Eight. And then I'm riding with Virginia Tech against Kentucky, guys. Every year in the Sweet 16, there's a game wow. that comes out. When the four days go by where everybody resets and they look at a game and everybody's going to see Kentucky versus Virginia Tech and they're just going to say Kentucky easy, no problem. And in the tournament, whenever it looks easy, it never is. And I think this is that upset. UCLA-Bama reminds me of this game from last year, Oregon State-Loyola, where people thought those teams would win, and they didn't. Virginia Tech, I think, is going to find a way. I got UCLA-Virginia Tech Elite Eight, and I'm going with UCLA. I think you, got, you can't look at the four seed next to their name. 
This team got bored during the regular season. They had injuries. They had COVID issues. They returned everybody from last year. And watching that Pac-12 championship game with Arizona, just the back and forth in the last four or five minutes of that game when they were trading buckets, and it was Hawkins and Juzang and Tiger Campbell, I'm like, they, they still got it. They're still making those shots that they were last year, and I think they're the team to beat coming out of the East. Fair enough. I um, love it. So I've got Kentucky. Worm, you have Kentucky. Kentucky. And PJ, you got UCLA. Um, got about 15 minutes here, so let's, let's, uh, let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Arizona, no problem, 116. Seton Hall, TCU, again, 8-9, coin flip. I like what Seton Hall does, and they go on to lose to Arizona. Correct. Yes, got the yep. same thing. Exact same. Cool. Uh, Houston, UAB. UAB is an underrated story, I think. And what's the deal with, you know, with Houston health-wise? But every year that they get into the tournament, they just continually, the last few years, produce and play well. I've got them getting into this game. I have Chattanooga over Illinois. I just haven't been inspired by Illinois this year. Chattanooga really seemed um, like they had a, a, a strong group that could beat Illinois and, and seeing them, you know, this is a, like a little thing that shouldn't dictate much, but I like to see the reactions of teams on selection Sunday and they went bonkers when they saw their name called um, they're motivated and Illinois, this team just kind of sinking at the moment. Uh, Coburn, if he gets into foul trouble, they're screwed. I got Chattanooga winning and then losing to Houston in the next game. Yeah, I, I have Houston has been really not very impressive against good teams uh, this year, but they've been really impressive against bad teams. I don't think UAB is terrible. You know, obviously they're in the tournament, but I don't think they're a good enough team that they're going to give Houston too much trouble. Um, I do have Illinois over Chattanooga. You guys know that I am not the biggest Brad Underwood fan. Um, I just think there's too much talent on this team. And going back to what I said about Houston against good teams, I have them losing to Illinois um, because I do think Illinois is talented enough that they are going to give Houston the type of struggles that they've had whenever they faced a quality opponent this season. So I've got Illinois over Houston in the round of 32. Joe talked about the Murray state Kentucky and state matchup that we can get. Well, we get one right here. And I think Joe, a big reason why Chattanooga was so fired up was because they knew that they got to play Illinois. Yeah. Um, and look, not many people, if any can match up with coffee Coburn inside, but Chattanooga has Silvio DeSosa transfer from Kansas. Who's a big body and he played at Kansas. So he's faced a lot of power five big men which I think helps them a lot. Malachi Smith's another great player. And the, just the way they won that SoCon Conference Championship game with that buzzer beater, they got that kind of flair to them. And I think uh, they get the upset, and I'm with you guys on Houston. All the injuries they still suffer. Kelvin Samson's got them rolling, and uh, they're just too good on the boards and defensively for UAB. Chattanooga, uh, Illinois is another good example of a matchup where I'm taking Illinois to advance, but I'm going to take Chattanooga to cover. Fair enough. Uh, continuing in that region, Colorado State, Michigan, biggest coin flip game for me. Like Michigan should not be in the tournament, but they're there and they do have talent and they've had some big wins throughout the year. But Colorado State has impressed me throughout the year. I picked Michigan, but either way, don't see either team getting past a hot Tennessee team. I, I love Medved. He's another guy in that golden ilk that I would really be ecstatic if Maryland had looked at. I know he just signed a contract extension, but the buyout's like a million. Like that's not prohibitive if if he is the guy Maryland decides they want I think Oates signed an extension like three weeks before he took the Bama job so I don't really care about that I I do think Colorado State's really impressive Roddy obviously conference player of the year I don't love the matchup against Michigan but I just have liked this Rams team too much to not take them at this point I'm I'm almost uh too pot committed to uh to Medved and, and the Rams so I'm going to take them to advance 
Tennessee. I mean, I know Rick Barnes tends to to flame out in the tournament when you ever <laughs> think he's going to be good. Um, but he he's underseeded. Probably probably should have been the two seed instead of Duke. Um, they, they're really good. I, I am going to again just sort of being too committed to Colorado State. I'm going to take them to beat Tennessee, um, but Tennessee easily beats Longwood. I think that's you just as you said, like wish casting a bit to, to, to wow. come into Maryland on a very, very high note. I, I realize, and, and you, you know, I realize that it's maybe not the smartest, but also like, you can't just only pick the teams that probably should no, win. Obviously no. there's going to be upsets here and there, even that don't make sense. And if, if it's an upset that I would want Look, to see, why it's, not? It's a vicious cycle every year. <laughs> bracket co- the bracket comes out. I spend way too much time on it and random stupid stuff happens anyway to the point where my fiance can beat me in my picks. And she just did her picks based solely on which mascot she preferred. Not yep. if it was not if it was an animal mascot or, or a mascot that seems like it would win in a fight. She just picked the one that she liked better. So in one case, she thought, I'll give you an example. She thinks the Illini is dumb. She thought Mox was cool for Chattanooga. She's got Chattanooga going through. Um, and from there, she's got Houston because it's an animal that she likes, a cougar. So she just continued on. So there's a decent chance she might beat me, and that's why March is March. Um, so we might waste an hour on this, and I'll be wrong anyway. But, um, you know. I always have fun. friends who, like, aren't that into sports come to me and be like, hey, Worm, what do you think I should pick this year? Like, who who should be my final four? I'm in some, like, work pool. And I'm like, honestly, like, it doesn't matter how much I watch or know, like, it is, it is a coin flip. Like it, yeah. it's a crapshoot now in the later rounds, obviously you're not going to pick like a 16 seed in, in the final four, like within reason, but it's pretty much a crash. I actually do a coin flip bracket every year where I literally flip a coin for every single matchup. And quite often that bracket has beaten my actual bracket. Look, it, that's just the way it goes. And I also do one of those. I do have the caveat of, I do automatically put the twos and the ones into the sweet 16. And then I coin flip the rest of it. So it does have a legitimate That's chance. Um, and I do a Ken Palm bracket as well, where I just pick the higher Ken Palm team the whole way. Um, and look, PJ, I'll get you to Colorado state and Michigan in a moment. The other thing to remember here is at the end of the day, we do brackets for pools, not for fun. And if you're trying to win a little money in a pool at the end of the day, none of it matters unless you have the winner, every single mm-hmm. pool scoring is completely reliant on you having a winner. I've run my pool for the last eight years. Only one time has a winner of the pool not had the title winner correct. And that year was the outlier where that person had three of the four final four correct and the title matchup correct, but got the title pick wrong. So they got three out of, they got 75% of the max points in the elite eight. They got a hundred percent of the points in the final four and they got nothing in the final, but because they had built it up, Prior to that, they had enough to still get through. So it's do, do very you like tough that? to win without the winner. Do you like it? It kind of bothers me that you have to pick the winner. And obviously, like picking the winner is sort of the important thing. It's why we do this. <laughs> it's the most but important. Also, thing. Like, I agree with it. Like, I, I don't know that it should be the basically the only way to win because you're it takes extreme circumstances to not win your pool if you don't get the winner. And I don't know. I, I go back and forth on whether or not I like that scoring setup. I, I like it the way it is because, and this is like, again, another personal decision. Any fantasy football league I run, um, I instead of having quarterbacks get a point for every 25 and only four for a touchdown, I say, screw it. Why are we trying to even this out? The quarterback is the most important position in football. It should be treated as such in fantasy as well. So I do one point for every 20, and I give six points for a touchdown. So, like, me personally, like, I, the most important thing here 
the most important position in football is a quarterback. So I weigh the quarterback a little bit more. The most important thing in, in this whole thing in the bracket is picking a winner. So if you pick a winner, you deserve to win your pool. That's fair. I agree. And because, you know, early on in the bracket is where you get a lot of the crazy upsets. But yeah. there's a reason why, you know, all these 11 seeds make it to the final four, but none of them have ever won the championship or make it right. to the championship game. Like, it's tough just to get to the final four, but then it's even harder to win a game in the final four. So I don't hate it at all. Um, for this matchup, another Mountain West versus Big Ten it's you guys are right. It's tough. Um, I went Colorado State. It's a coin flip. I like Roddy and Stevens. Great one-two punch. Um, you know, Michigan. Honestly, I'd love him more if Juwan Howard wasn't coaching this. Game. I just, <laughs> if we're being honest, um, and just you just don't know where their psyche's at. I mean, after losing that game to Indiana the way they did, blowing that big lead. Yeah, they had a big win at Ohio State, but I just kind of worry about them. They're so up and down. Colorado State's going to be fired up to play a Big Big Ten brand name, and uh, I, I really think we get a good performance out of them. So I'll take the Rams. Yeah, so I like Tennessee over Longwood. I will say, though, uh, Longwood won their conference championship game by like 25, 30 points. And anytime, it was impressive. <laughs> anytime a team does that, and I think the opponent had like, you know, 12 points midway through or like with six minutes left in the first half. So uh, they've been playing well, but Tennessee's just, they're too good. They really should have gotten a two seed. They haven't had any bad losses all season. They've beaten Arizona. They've beaten Kentucky twice. They've beaten Arkansas. Um, they're just a really solid team who doesn't lose to teams like this. So they'll take care of business. Tennessee should have been a two seed in their own region over Villanova. Forget oh, any I, other, forget replacing right. the, I know Worm, you, you mentioned Duke and, uh, the, the case could also be made for Auburn the way they kind of finished the season, even though they, they had that really good run at the start, um, especially, again, being in conference with Tennessee and, and Tennessee having wins over them like, and won the title. remember last but year Villanova, when, West, I mean, when West Virginia uh, had the three and Oklahoma State had the four, and they were in the same yeah. region and they should have flipped. It was, it was the same thing. So Happens, happens from time to time. What uh, but what, the other thing that happens from time to time is Ohio State cannot figure out how to win games in this tournament. Um, and another thing that has happened other times is Loyola has beaten Big Ten teams in the tournament. Um, so I think probably the other uh, very, very popular pick, like Michigan State-Davidson on the other side, uh, I, I think most people will have Loyola in this game, and I do as well. Um, I have Villanova beating whoever comes through this game, but uh, I, I do have Loyola winning this game. Yeah, I – you know, the first really popular upset we talked about, I agreed with Davidson over Michigan State. The second one, I agreed with Virginia Tech over Texas. This one, I feel like I can't go with all of them. So I am yeah. going Ohio State. Again, purely, uh, I can't just pick all, but the, you know, the really popular upsets. I also, I, I really believe in Chris Holtman as a coach, and he has really, really struggled in March. I just, I feel like he's due to break through at some point. I don't think it's going to happen like to a huge degree this year, because I agree whoever is coming out of here is going to lose to Villanova. Um, but I don't think he's like an inherently bad March coach. I think he's had some tough luck. I think he is bound to break through at some point. Um, and, and I think they're a really talented team. I mean, I, I, I get why people like Loyola Chicago. I I'm on board with all that reasoning. Uh, I'm just picking Ohio state. Best bracket nugget I got for you guys is that the Missouri Valley conference in their last nine opening round games are eight and one. So this wow. conference, when they get into the tournament, oh, they're fantastic. So that's Loyola, Drake, Northern Iowa, Wichita State, when they were still in the conference. When they get in, they are a tough, tough out in the first round. Wow. And 
worm I'm with you. It almost just seems like everybody's a Loyola, but I think in this case, it's just like what reason is there to look like Ohio well, State? All well, Loyola is the is the higher ranked Ken Palm team too by seven spots. Yeah, I was and, just about to bring that up. And you know, it's you can maybe even argue that they have the best player on the floor. I love EJ Liddell a lot, but Lucas Williamson's been to a final four. He does everything for that team and guards as we know are everything in March. So Drew Valentine too, youngest coach in D one. And he's been fantastic in his first year. So I I like oil a lot against Ohio state. All right. So sweet 16, uh, I've got Arizona after they beat Seton hall. I've got Houston after they beat Chattanooga. I've got Tennessee after they uh, get through Michigan. And then I've got Villanova after they get through Loyola. Where do we stand on that? Uh, I will say one thing. If there's an Oral Roberts of this year, I think it could be Delaware. Um, And of all the 15 seeds to give a two a problem, I think it could be Delaware. Jameer Nelson Jr., obviously the son of Jameer Nelson, is their star point guard. CAA was another really good league this year. Towson was solid. UNC Wilmington was good. College of Charleston was good. They had a couple teams with some really good years. Delaware won that league. And again, when you get a regional battle like this, a lot of the Delaware assistants have been in the Philadelphia area. Some have worked for Jay Wright. So there's a lot of familiarity there. I don't think they're going to win the game, but if I definitely love the plus 16 in that matchup, but I'm with you. I think Loyola beats uh, Nova beats Loyola as well. I got Tennessee over Colorado state, Houston over Chattanooga and Arizona over Seton Hall as well. So PJ's taking the fighting Joe Flacco's. You heard it here first. Uh, I, I definitely have a different Sweet 16 here than you guys. Um, you know, like, like I said, I have Illinois going there. I have Illinois beating Arizona. I think Arizona wins against any other team that comes from that little subregion. But I am taking the upset. If Illinois gets there, I think they beat Arizona. I don't – Arizona is a really good team. This is, again, I, I, for whatever reason this year, more than – previous years i feel more almost narrative driven in a lot of my picks especially in the you know macro like who's gonna actually make the final four things like that i can't bring myself to pick a coach who's literally in his first year as a head coach as great as tommy lloyd has been to to win it all or or i'm not even taking to the final four obviously so i have illinois over arizona and then i have villanova over colorado state who i do have upsetting tennessee Um, and then between those two is where i i've I've struggled. I, and in fact, I would love to get your guys' opinion on Illinois Villanova. I know you guys don't like Illinois, so I'm assuming you like Villanova a lot. Is there any reason to take the Illini there if, if you get that matchup in the Elite Eight? So you're asking if we had Illinois, Arizona, is there any reason? No, no. If you had Illinois Villanova in the Elite Eight, who would you take to the Final Four? I'm guessing you're going to say Villanova. I'm just curious to hear your opinion because I'm actually struggling there. I like either team, really. If, if I was forced there, like I, like I get the scenario you're portraying to me now, I think I would lean with Illinois because Villanova is still a team for me that if they don't get clicking on offense, they will struggle. And Illinois with the way they play, they can make life difficult for Villanova to get into a rhythm. And I could see Coburn dominating in a game like that. So I would probably in that case, lean Illinois, but again, I don't have Illinois personally getting out of the first round. So. And, and PJ, oh. you said you don't like either team. To be yeah. clear, I don't actually love either team either. This is my least favorite region by mm. far. There oh, I was about to say the same thing. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, Arizona, like I said, I just can't get behind a first-year head coach going all the way, even though they, they have looked very good. Um, and the other teams, like there's none of my favorite like four-seed level sleepers are in this region. So this was nope. a, like like if UCLA was in this region, I would have taken them to the Final Four 
um, almost without hesitating. Um, so this was a really tough one for me to pick because I don't like a lot of these teams. So I have Arizona, Tennessee in my elite eight with yeah. Arizona going through the final four. And I think the opposite of you, the way you say you can't see a team, you can't see Lloyd taking them that far in his first year. I think this Arizona team has underachieved for a long time under Miller and, and getting Lloyd from Gonzaga was the spark they finally needed to get over that hump. And I, with that, for that reason, can see them making that run. They have the talent, they have, they check all the boxes. So uh, I, I really do think they get through to the final four. Um, I have a very chalky final four when we get there. I feel like we, we always do this where we, we think it could be a year where there's a lot of topsy turviness on the road to the final four. But in those years, there is topsy turviness because there isn't a strong field in terms of the middle, which allows the top teams to then emerge. So I do have a chalky final four when we get there. But Arizona is my first team on this side. And again, remember, I've got Gonzaga, Kentucky as my other two. So I have two ones and a two so far. Yeah, that, that's that's fair on the Wildcats. I, I can't argue to like, you know, I can't dig in my heels really against that argument. And I will also say if Illinois gets upset early and doesn't get there, I probably would have Arizona in the final four because, because Illinois is the only team that I could see on their right day beating them again, just because I don't like these other teams in the region. I probably would take Arizona if Illinois doesn't get there. Arizona too. I mean, Tommy Lloyd, I know he's a first year head coach, but he had the most impressive resume of any assistant it may be sure. like ever. So sure. um, they should you know, have just promoted him at Gonzaga and allowed Mark Few to go to Maryland. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> have done that. Well, it's funny too. Apparently Tommy Lloyd would have stayed at Gonzaga forever. He was the coach in waiting, but the one job he said he would, he would only leave for it was Arizona. And now look what he's doing. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, I like Zona. They're, they're a special team. I, I can't argue with you there. So officially wait, worm. So then what's your official pick at the moment? You're asking, I, my, my official pick for this show, which is subject to change before things tip off tomorrow is Illinois coming out of that region. Okay. All right. Oh. Uh, down to the fourth of the four, uh, Kansas getting through Texas Southern, uh, San Diego state Creighton. I don't really care about this matchup at all. I don't think I've seen a single San Diego state or Creighton game all season long. I can genuinely say for the rest of the bracket, aside from some of the obscure mid majors, I've seen every team play at least once. I've never watched Creighton or San Diego State play this season. So I'm going to pick Creighton just because I want a Creighton-Kansas matchup, get those two teams from somewhere in middle America playing each other, and mm -hmm. Kansas coming through to the Sweet 16. I, I like San Diego State actually quite a bit in their matchup, but it doesn't really matter because, again, either one is going to lose to Kansas. But I, I do have the Aztecs uh, losing to Kansas but, but beating Creighton. I'm with Worm. For betting purposes, I like San Diego State a lot in this game. They're not going to beat Kansas, but they have, I think, the best rated defense in Ken Palm. If not, it's like two or three. They have a star in national. just cited Ken Palm, Worm. <laughs> Look at this. I, I had to get it in there. And, Never thought uh, I'd see the day. They are they are second for the record. I have it up here first is Texas Tech. Yeah, they're, they're a great team uh, defensively. Matt Bradley scores like 17 points a game for them. I'd like Creighton maybe as a little sleeper if Ryan Nemhard didn't get hurt. He was there freshman point guard who was really really good Andrew's brother for Gonzaga but without him it's just tough you saw in the Big East championship game I mean they can play some ugly games which is what San Diego State wants to do um so I like the Aztecs in this matchup Iowa Richmond Providence San Diego State the next two matchups um I really like Iowa they are I mean look we talk about UCLA last year Oregon State last year if there's a team that mimics that this year 
but on a better level because they're not an 11 seed. They're a five seed and have more talent and they have the best player in the country right now. in Keegan Murray, it's Iowa. Um, I see zero trouble with Richmond. Providence backed in. I didn't love the way Providence ended the season for as great of a year as they had. Um, and San Diego state scores like crazy. They average almost 87 points a game. So I could see San Diego state making this a track meet that Providence can't S- South Dakota with. state. Sorry, sorry, sorry. South Dakota state. we got the two SD states back to back. But um, by the way, we shouldn't have moved so quickly past San Diego state without discussing their three point shooting. <laughs> You want to open that can of worms again from last year? <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> um, all right. So the other is SD state. And so I'll get it right this time. Yeah. South Dakota state. Um, I, I actually have this upset. This is my only, um, I guess my biggest upset. I don't have any 14 threes or 15 twos and forget making a 16 one actual pick, whether it happens or not, it's a different story. Um, but this is, uh, this is the big upset that I've got here. Uh, San Diego. Uh, mm. South Dakota State over Iowa. I mean, uh, over Providence, and then losing oh to God. Iowa. <laughs> you get Do all you even work? have the bracket in front of you? <laughs> yeah, you know, whoever yeah. whoever did that, the, the, the committee was sitting there like, let's <laughs> screw with people. Let's put both SD states in the same quadrant of the bracket. Yeah, I, I, I love South Dakota State. Uh, I, I've hated Providence all year. They're one of the luckiest teams in Ken Prom history. Um, I, Ed Cooley is another guy whose name was bandied about a lot early on in the Maryland coaching search process. So I paid closer attention to them than I normally would have. I, I They're a very, very veteran team, which is good for this year. I don't believe in Cooley in the future. Um, but but having said that, they're so lucky. I don't like them. They limped to the finish line. Um, this was easy, easy decision for me to take South Dakota State, which means it will probably be Providence. After saying all that, I disagree with you on Richmond not giving Iowa any trouble. I think it's probably likely that Iowa comes away winning that game. I don't like Fran McCaffrey in the postseason. He has never been good in March. First of all, Murray is, is sort of a different animal though, I, but he, you know, he's had Luca Garza and still not done anything in the tournament before. Different and to I have think, a guard in March. You're right. Like, you're right. You're, then, then have a you're totally, like and, and I love Murray. That's it, like Murray's incredible. Having said that, I think Richmond is the type of offense that's going to give Iowa a lot of, a lot of trouble. To me, it's going to come down to how Richmond plays defensively against Iowa. I know that they, you know, are a bid stealer and, um, you know, are, are really not that great of a team, but I think their style of play could really give Iowa fits on the Iowa defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and I originally actually had Richmond in my bracket advancing, which I know is one of the most surprising upsets there. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I will eventually, by the time things tip off, switch back to Iowa. Uh, but I really do think Richmond will give them some trouble. That would burn a lot of brackets. It, it, would, it would. Yeah. It would. It's almost game theory to pick them. Yeah. Look, there's a, a five twelve. There's a five twelve every year. It yeah. seems like that nobody's on the twelve, and that's the team that ends up giving the five some trouble. So we'll see what happens. But I'm with you guys. Providence, I think they're the biggest frauds in the country. For them to have Agreed. the season that they had, for them to have such an historic season, win the Big East regular season title for the first time, and not have any players on the Big East first team. I think just tells you that they're really just not that good. There's a reason they're only two point favorites over a 13 seed. You mentioned the offense. Also, not only do they score a lot, but they're so efficient too. Um, And, you know, they got two stars, which for a one big league is impressive. Douglas Wilson, Baylor Shireman. Um, It's, it's going to be a track meet Providence. You know, they always play one, two point games. 
and this will probably be right around it, but I do like South Dakota State in this match. South, South Dakota State or San Diego State? South Dakota. <laughs> and PJ, I assume you, you have Iowa. I know they're your I favorite do. Big yes, Ten I team. do. Yep, I have yeah. Iowa beating Richmond, yes. I have Iowa uh, beating uh, South Dakota State as well and then losing to Kansas in that round. But we'll come back to that top portion of that quadrant in a minute. Uh, LSU, Iowa State. Is there a team in more disarray than LSU right now with the coaching firing as well? I got Probably. Iowa State in this one without an issue. Yeah, see, I, I took Iowa State too. See, I look at it the other way. I, call, I almost look at it as like the Las Vegas Raiders. Like we've had all these issues and now it's like kind of us against the Yeah, world. but you, you didn't have a chance to, to do that early in the season and then build with it. This is season ended, coaches fired. Oh, by the way, go play another live or die game. Like well, it's, it's if very you also abrupt. remember LSU faced the similar scenario where they didn't have Wade the year that Tremont Waters beat Maryland and they went to the Sweet 16. So they, it's not like the program isn't used to it. And, you know, Iowa State is a team that really struggles to score. LSU is really good defensively. They have the best six man in the country in Tari Eason. Um, I like LSU in this game just because I think Wade not being there, they're going to be like, you know what? We're going to do it for ourselves. We're still in the tournament. It's not like we can feel sorry for ourselves. So I think they're going to win. I have whoever wins that game losing to Wisconsin. So, again, I'm not too concerned about it. But I have LSU actually beating Wisconsin, and I took a oh, long, wow. hard look at cold PJ, game. PJ picking the SEC over the Big Ten. Calling <laughs> absolutely. absolutely stunned. First of all, Wisconsin relies way too much on Johnny Davis. He's banged up, which hurts them. Um but the fact that the game in Milwaukee is just ridiculous. I mean, that's awful. Colgate, though, I mean, look, for a 314 game to only be a seven-point spread tells you a lot of what not only Vegas thinks of Wisconsin, but of what Colgate can do as well. They're really good. I think Wisconsin wins, but I think LSU takes them down the next round. So I actually have Iowa State beating LSU and beating Wisconsin, and it is not an endorsement of Iowa State. It is that I don't believe in Wisconsin for all the reasons PJ just gave. And I think when I'm trying to pick an upset like this, I look at, even though I'm picking Wisconsin to beat Colgate, who are the teams that I think could easily lose? And then all of a sudden, it's an even easier path for Iowa State. And I think that could be an example here where I'm not bold enough to pick Colgate, but I could see them winning and then I'm easily taking Iowa state over them. Um, so I am taking Iowa state again, not an endorsement at all for them. Um, but, but just, I don't love Wisconsin at all. I think, I think they deserve to be a three seed based on performance. I don't believe in them as a three seed based on talent. Fair enough. And, and I'm not also picking against them simply because of it being in Milwaukee. Like they're going to have a home court, Fair. Um, but I also don't love them. And I do have them losing to Auburn uh, come that following round. Auburn not going to have a problem with Jacksonville State, who, by the way, total BS, good for Jacksonville State. Bellarmine should absolutely be yeah. in. That is, in a, in a league, like in a organization of the NCAA with a lot of stupid rules, that might be the dumbest yeah, uh, that you move up from D2 to D1 and you've got to sit four years. Yeah, I mean, if you like, earn it, you earn it. Like, who cares? Right. It's like, why even play at all, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Just sit out the four years. It's really – I don't even understand the logic behind it. Like, it, like it's, it's odd. I don't – I could get it if you're dropping from D1 down to D2 where you might still have D1 recruits who don't want to transfer. So you have a mismatch talent-wise, but you're coming up. Yeah. That shouldn't be a factor. I, I don't get it. But anyway, Auburn shouldn't have an issue in that game. USC-Miami. Um, Miami has been so hot and cold all year. I saw them in person against Virginia. I really do not like this team at all. I mean, they 
they did enough to whimper into the tournament. But USC, much better team. But I can't bring myself to pick USC over Auburn. And it goes back to kind of what you were saying, where I'm like beginning of the year, perception of certain teams. And Auburn was number one and undefeated for a while. And some of their losses were tough, gritty, on-the-road losses. So here, you're giving me a neutral site that's in South Carolina, which is obviously much closer to Auburn than it is to USC. So they're going to have a bit of a home court advantage as well. Uh, I like them coming through into the Sweet 16 from there. Yeah, I, I adore this Auburn team and Bruce Pearl. I, I'm really high on them, even though they, they didn't finish as strongly as they looked in the middle of the season. Um, USC is another team I watched a lot of because, again, Andy Enfield was a name that was talked about a lot as one of the favorites for the Maryland job. I don't like Andy Enfield very much as a coach. I know we disagree on that. Um, I, I do have them over Miami though, just because, I mean, the eight, I'm going to fade any ACC team, except for, with the exception of Virginia tech. Um, I, I just don't think they're good. Uh, I mean, I'm not again, going out on a limb here. They're historically bad as a conference compared to what the ACC usually is at. But if you're giving me a team from any other power conference against an ACC team, and it's even remotely a bit of a toss up, I'm taking the, the team from the other conference, even though the PAC 12 is not incredible or anything at all. Um, the ACC was just so bad. I don't, and you're right. Miami has been up and down a lot. USC up and down at times too. Um, I'm definitely taking them past Miami, but I'm easily taking Auburn over either team, but I have USC. I'm with you guys. I got USC. Um, they're just such a big team. You know, they got Isaiah Mobley, Drew Peterson's a six, nine shooting guard. Boogie Ellis, the transfer from Memphis is really good. Um, they're just a tough team to prepare for. Miami doesn't really have that size to combat it. But then when they play Auburn and they face Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, then that size will kind of wash itself out, and Auburn's the much more talented team. So I'm with you guys. Auburn's guard play is a real concern, but I don't think they'll really need it until they get to the Sweet 16. So I like uh, an all-Tiger matchup in the bottom half of the Midwest, LSU and Auburn. Okay. Um, yeah, getting getting to that section, I have Auburn just rolling Iowa State. Um, you know, and, and frankly, I would have Auburn again over any of the teams that we discussed in that little yep. subregion. I would agree. Um, but if it is Iowa State, I mean, I can't put enough money on Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on that same note. We all have a different team coming through there. You've got LSU, PJ, Worm. You've yes. got Iowa State. I have Wisconsin. I'm just riding with them, playing two games in Milwaukee. Oh, we all have Auburn. Uh, but anyway, it's like I said Auburn. Yeah. Correct. Beating all those teams. So I've got KU and Iowa. I've got Auburn and Wisconsin. And then I've got KU and Auburn. Very interesting matchup to me. And there are two teams that year in, year out, there's a knock on them that they can't get it done. And they always falter in March and haven't won the big one, or at least haven't done it in a while for one case. And that it's a Bill Self Kansas team. And that is a Mark Fugan-Zaga team. And if there was ever a year where there is no legitimate favorite i would say outside of gonzaga um there's no other legitimate team where you're like that team is making the final they just kind of have it all this is the year that i can see kansas coming all the way through and making it to the title game so with that i will have them over auburn i just love the way obaji plays i've gotten to watch a lot of big 12 hoops this year that's just kind of the nature of the beast when you're a cord cutter and on the move from home in jersey to fiancés in dc to now down in florida where the only thing i can really rely on is my ESPN app, and the Big 12 is always on. So I've seen a lot of Kansas basketball this year. And, I mean, that could be good or bad. There, there's I've seen a lot of Texas, and I know for sure that I don't want to have them winning a single game. I've seen a lot of Texas Tech. I know that I like them to get through and beat Duke. And I've seen a lot of Kansas, and I genuinely think this is the year 
that a Bill Self team can make it back to the final um, where I have them losing against Gonzaga. But um, I think they can make it through. Yeah, th- this was a really, you know, I, I feel like I've said this about every Elite Eight except for the one with Gonzaga, but this was a really tough matchup for me to pick, you know, KU versus Auburn. I think, and this is weird to say for a one seed, I think Kansas is a little under the radar for as good as they've been. Right. I feel like they're not necessarily talked about in the elite crop of teams as much, or maybe I'm just like listening to the wrong podcasts and, and not not hearing people talk about them, but I feel like they're not getting discussed for as good of a team as they are. I just really like Auburn. I can't shake how good, just unbelievably great they looked in early February before that little losing streak. Um, that That's etched into my brain. So I am taking Auburn over Kansas, but I really like both of these teams. And as soon as the bracket came out, looking at the whole you know right side, the Midwest and the South, I, I immediately clocked it as whichever team wins between Kansas and Auburn, they're going to the championship for me. Fair enough. So for me, guys, I normally don't love taking the trendy team that everybody's on, but I'm riding the Iowa train. And the big difference for me is just the defense that I've seen. We know under Fran McCaffrey, they can always score, but this team plays defense too. And they have a bona fide star in Murray. They have a veteran guard in Bohannon who's hitting big shots. I just loved how they've looked down the stretch. Kansas too, you know, the Big 12 is a good league. But there are so many offensively challenged teams in that conference that I feel like none of those teams really push Kansas offensively. You know, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma, TCU, a lot of times they have trouble scoring. And when you go against Iowa, they're going to score at least 75 on you. And Kansas can do that too. But, man, if Iowa's playing their A game and they're knocking down their shots and when you're a one seed and all the pressure's on you – I think that's that's tough for them. So I'm going to take Iowa, and then I'm going to take Iowa over Auburn as well to go to the Final Four. Um, you know, Auburn's guard play, I've watched a lot of Auburn. Their defense is fantastic. I think Jabari Smith should be the number one pick. He's the best player I've seen in college this year. But uh, I'm just rolling with Iowa and, and Keegan Murray and what they're doing, and they are going to my Final Four. There's a you know, lot PG, of Kemba PG. Walker and Keegan Murray this year, He's and great. I wouldn't be stunned. Murray's awesome, but PG, I'm surprised you're a guy who's usually very, um, you you pay a lot of attention to what coaches have done historically. You've always been very high in Michigan state in March because of how great Izzo is. Does it bother you that Fran McCaffrey has never done anything in March? It, it, it does a little bit, but he's also never done anything in the big 10 tournament really either. He's never won it. So for him to get over that hump, the way he's changing defenses, you know, he just, he's like a better coach this year. I don't know how to explain it. But I, I just like the way that he's coaching. I like that his team's playing well at the right time. And, you know, Worm, you look at the coaches that he's going up against, and, you know, whether it's Ed Cooley and Chris Mooney and Bill Self, and who's a Hall of Famer, but Joe mentioned he's had his blemishes in the, in the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and then Bruce Pearl. So I think, you know, he has some favorable matchups, and uh, I, I'm just, I'm just going to ride them. They could lose to Richmond and I could be out rather quickly, but, uh, <laughs> but I think they're going to go to the final four. All right. Yeah. So my final four, I said it was chalky. Gonzaga one, Kentucky two. That's on the left side, Arizona one, Kansas one. That's on the right side. Um, wow. It's mm. look at me personally, like there, there have been years where I've put a, a lower seed four or five through the final four last year. I can't remember off the top of my head what seed Houston was last year, but the, the year that Houston made it, I had them in it, and, and that was not a very trendy pick the, that year. So I, I'm not afraid to go against the grain. I've done it, and I've, I've won a pool because of it one year. Um, 
But this year, like I said, just amid all the chaos that could possibly ensue with possibly all 11 seeds winning, there's a lot of people who have every single 11 seed and, and to have multiple 10 seeds and have uh, a couple of 13 seeds. I myself have Vermont and South Dakota State getting through. And actually Chattanooga, now that I'm looking at it, I have three 13 seeds. I have wow. three 11 seeds. So I, I have upheaval at some stage of the bracket. But just when it gets down to it, this year for me, there's only one truly elite team that's Gonzaga. There's a next cut, which for me is Arizona, Kansas, Kentucky. Ken Palm backs that up. The top five, the top six teams in Ken Palm this year, Gonzaga's one, Kentucky's three, uh, Kansas is six, and Arizona's two. So the four teams I have are all in the top six, and it just so happened the way it worked out, they all avoid each other. So Kentucky is not the number two in Gonzaga's region or in Arizona's or in Kansas's. So they all avoid each other. So uh, for that reason, I was I, I alarmed whenever I see myself have that many high seeds in the final four. But this year, I just more so than the other year, I just don't see those teams tripping up. Like, could Kentucky lose to UCLA in that Elite Eight? Sure. And, and one of you at least has that. Um, could Kentucky lose to Auburn? Sure. But either way, you slice it. That's a one-two matchup. You uh, Kentucky UCLA is a two-four matchup. Arizona Tennessee is a one-three matchup. Gonzaga Texas Tech is a one-three matchup. Now you guys have Davidson coming through, um, so so that's something different for you. But like as far as that goes, it's just we all seem to have the cream rising to the top this year more so than any other year. My final four, I have Arkansas St. Mary's and Ohio State Kansas. Oh no, wait, that's my coin flip bracket. <laughs> <laughs> my actual final four is Gonzaga, Kentucky, same as Joe on that side. Um, and then the less chalky side, I have Illinois, Auburn. Um, but still, it's a and, two seed. Like for me, if, sure. you, if you have a one or a two, so you, so for you, it's just it's just the Illinois that's and you have yeah. Illinois, Villanova that you're still wavering on. So at the yes. end of the day, which it you could very be well, three, I could easily have three two seeds in a one, and that's still chalky. Like it doesn't. Yeah. You, you're ditching some of the one seeds, but that's still again all top two seeds making it. So it just yeah. seems like it's that kind of year, you know? I mean, you're right. And, and you know, in looking at my team, you know, the thing with Gonzaga, and, and I guess we're, we're, we'll just say who the, ch- the champions are. I, 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 I mentioned mean, it earlier. I alluded yeah. to it that I have Gonzaga winning it all and Kansas in the final. So, I, I, But I will just reiterate it again. I, I have Gonzaga over Kansas winning it. I hate picking the number one overall seed to win it. But some years, there's I just can't justify another choice. Gonzaga, if you look at Ken Palm, which, again, we've referenced a ton, and I know PJ hates uh, Arizona is number two in Ken Palm. Gonzaga is one. Arizona is closer in their actual like adjusted efficiency margin, which is what you're ranked by. They're closer to number 14 Purdue than they are to number one Gonzaga. Gonzaga, and this is a Gonzaga team that is clearly worse than last year's, and they're still so much further ahead of anybody else. PJ, we, we were texting about this in our group chat the other day about how it's almost like the UVA, like you lose it to the 16th scene, which uh, they didn't lose to a 16th seed last year. They lost to an elite Baylor team, but you lose in the year that you're supposed to be the best. Everybody thinks you're going to win. Then you come back and you're at that same level again. And you just see that bounce back again. I hate taking Gonzaga because I know they're going to be the trendiest pick, but I think they're the, they're the right pick. Yeah. I mean, they are, they're clearly the best team in college basketball. I don't think their region is prohibitive for them getting there. Um, I have them beating Kentucky in the final four and Auburn in the title game. They can do both of those. I, I have full faith in them. They're, they're, they're a great team. I don't see a case against them. Well, let me ask you this. If, uh, Cause I do know the number I heard it the other day, 
Um, if I had to ask you off the top of your head, just quick gut reaction, how many overall number one seeds in the last 16 years have won the tournament? Man, in the last 16 years? Last 16 years. How many overall number one seeds have won this, the whole thing? This is a total guess. I'm going to say five. It's seven. So it's almost 50%, okay. which wow. considering it's one versus 67 other teams, that's a very, very yeah. high percentage. So that, that's while, way you, while you may be afraid to go yeah. – with the number one overall seed in the last 16 years at a nearly 50% clip, that team has won it all. I all, I only said five because you asked me the question. Like if I had been thinking about it just normal, like, Oh, I wonder what it was. I probably would have guessed like two or three, honestly. Right. I was thinking four. Yeah. That was higher than I would expect. Wow. Um, so yeah, my final four is Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona, and Iowa. So I have a four and five seed in there. Kentucky, they do everything well. They're great defensively. They're experienced, which you cannot say about a lot of Calipari, Kentucky teams. They're athletic. They can run. But the one thing they can't do is shoot the three. Outside of Kellen Grady, Severe Wheeler, and Ty Ty Washington, and Keon Brooks, they're either on or they're not. We saw against Tennessee, they were not. And, and they can struggle. Um, so that's my – and I just – I can't back a team to, to go to the Final Four if you can't shoot the three. So I got UCLA and Iowa and Zone and Zaga. I got Arizona and Gonzaga in my championship game, which I hate because that will be the trendiest championship game. But we saw it last year with Baylor and Gonzaga. They were the two best teams. And I think Gonzaga and Arizona are the two best teams. Um, but I told you guys uh, before, I've watched all these teams a lot. Arizona is the best team that I've seen. I love them. Everybody talks about how much Gonzaga scores. Nobody can erase a deficit, a 10-point deficit, an 11-point deficit like Arizona can. It's unbelievable. We saw it against UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game. Mm -hmm. They were down 12 and then up two in like two and a half minutes without Kirk Risa. If he comes back, it's just even gravy. They beat UCLA without shooting the three, and that's something they do well. They're just great defensively. They're great offensively. They have a star in Ben Matherin. Um, and I just think it's it's their year. They're the best team. They might not win it, but I've just they're my team. I've fallen in love with them, so I am riding them to win it all. Fair enough. We'll see how it wow. goes. It all starts tomorrow. Um, well, I'll have this very, very exciting. So by the time our listeners get here, it'll be Wednesday evening, and you're filling out your final uh, bracket changes. I will be honest. I've already made. While we've been doing this, I've had my bracket open. You guys have talked me into like a handful of changes. Um, like I've, I've switched back to Colorado State over Michigan. Um, yeah. No long-term changes except for one. You guys all did talk me into uh, UCLA beating IU, which I didn't have, and then beating Baylor. I, I was, And then I looked back at the Ken Palm and saw how high UCLA actually was. So yeah. I do have Kentucky UCLA now. Uh, literally from the beginning of this podcast to now that has changed from Baylor, Kentucky in the elite eight to UCLA. Kentucky. I, 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 Kentucky. I really, it didn't change my final four at all. Nothing there changed. I really like Baylor, but honestly, PJ's uh, defensive UCLA has me reconsidering yeah. that as well. Yeah. And my dad brought, brought, up, brought up a great point. I didn't even think about this. He, he brought up 2001, 2002, Maryland, 2001, Maryland had a great team. They went to the final four, lost a heartbreaker to Duke. They brought their whole team back. Mm -hmm. And what do they do? They go in the national championship the next year. I don't think yeah. UCLA is doing that, but it's that kind of when you, when your whole team comes back, I mean, especially this day and age in college basketball, yeah. you can't, you can't underlook that. So I think you got to have UCLA going far. Fair enough. Awesome. All right. Well, for episode 73, uh, Worm, you know, you had that open invitation next week for the Michael Orr episode. Oh yeah. This week was all brackets. <laughs> I'm holding you to it. We know there is a ton 
of baseball and football to parse through. So, uh, yeah. so same time next week, same three of us, <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll do some football and baseball. But it's all March Madness right now. Enjoy the madness, everybody. Um, it's the best time of the year. It's, it just doesn't <laughs> get better than this. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, no matter what happens, we all know it's going to be entertaining because whoever wins this tournament, Absolutely. whoever makes the run. It's always entertaining. There's always buzzer beaters. There's always this, that, and the other thing. You never know what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun. So until next time, this is episode 73 of the Glasgow Podcast.